This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. You're listening to my voice, Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and Chad R. McDonald. Hello. And we just wrapped up a, a conversation about the alt-right. And I know Which Alyssa. Is the, the alt-right. It's the artist formerly known as the KKK. I love that. <laughs> like, that is quotable right there. Um, I hope you guys didn't miss that segment. If you did, you can always catch it on iTunes. If you subscribe to us at LYVBH Radio. So speaking of the alt-right and Donald Trump, because the alt-right is fueling his campaign, I wanted to talk about... Dwayne Wade's cousin who was shot and killed in Chicago and as soon as that happened on Friday Donald Trump used that as political leverage to say something racist he was just like see he was like okay Dwayne Wade he tweeted like Dwayne Wade's cousin was shot and killed in Chicago while she was and what happened was she was just walking her infant um you know down the street and she was hit by a bullet and then Donald Trump tweets out that's why blacks are going to vote for me. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. No sensitivity. Like, it's just so blatant. And I'm like, that's, I mean, I get it. Politicians pander to the African-American community, but not like that. Well, Horrible. I mean, he couldn't even be bothered to spell Dwayne Wayne's, Wade's name right. He spelled it wrong? He spelled yeah. it D-Y. Oh, Diwan. Yeah. <laughs> Diwan Wade's cousin, <laughs> who I really care about. Who I don't give a yeah. crap about. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, and that's what we've seen him do this over and over and over again. And he's going to continue doing this over and over again. He did it after Orlando. He did it after Brussels. He did, you know, any attack, anything that he can seize on and said, only I can solve this problem. That's his, that's his running theme. Only I can solve this problem. And if I lose, the elections are, are rigged. And, and why does everybody think I'm a fascist again? You know, I, I mean, like, that's... It, it's horrible, and if he keeps, and he's going to keep doing this, and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, especially now that he has the support of openly racist people. Well, you know, speaking of facet, fascists, um, one of the things that's great about this country is the freedom to like do things or not do things, mm-hmm. um, and not have the government, the fascist government, force you into doing something. So, of course, there's a big scandal this week about a football player who <laughs> refuses to stand for the national anthem, yep. which I agree with, and. He basically came out and said, like, the country is built on racism and genocide, which is true. And, um, you know, he he says, I'm not his name is Jason Kaepernick. And he's like, I'm not going to stand and salute the flag. And of course, the alt right and all these crazy people on the, the right are annoyed about it and they're pissed and they're like he should go to jail and he should get in trouble and I'm like wait I thought you guys were the people who were against the government tyranny because mm. now I'm really confused because the last I checked it was like we don't want the tyrannical government coming to take our guns and our freedom away but mm. we want the tyrannical government to imprison the black man who refused to salute the no, flag they did the same thing to Gabby Douglas during the Olympics Simone. they they ba- and, Simone and Simone, they basically vilified these two young black women when they refused to salute the flag. And then a few days later, Ryan Lochte uh, oh lies, about, uh, lies about <laughs> beating up and wrecking, uh, vandalizing uh, the, gas the gas station, station or whatever it was he does. And everyone's like, oh, he's just a kid. Meanwhile, he's 32. 
Right, right. I mean, it's well, the, I mean, but we see that all the time. Another guy. story okay. that Selena really wants to talk about is about this white guy who is not going to jail for a rape because a yep, judge says Trigger. that, you know, it may interfere with his college experience. Yeah. Because, of course, you know, not the fact that he's a rapist doesn't interfere with the college experience of all the women that are now potentially at risk on campus. The and And the fact that if they were to get sexually assaulted, that wouldn't interfere with their college. I'm being sarcastic. That wouldn't interfere with their college experience at all but you know him going to jail for being a rapist would would interfere with him going to college the horrible message that was also sent by the brock turner case was that is if a woman is drunk and is raped it is her fault if a man is drunk and rapes a woman it is her fault it's not his fault it's her fault it is is her fault if you give it well you know speaking of that you know you know, speaking of rape and college, I also wanted to bring up the controversy around Nate Parker. Nate Parker mm-hmm. is the actor and director responsible and behind The Birth of a Nation, which is a new movie that should be coming out in a few weeks, God willing. And in the movie, it talks about Nat Turner and the, his 1830 slave revolt, which was successful in killing 65 white people. But in turn, they killed about 200 black people. So... He finally is telling this story, a story that I never learned in my history book. A story, a story that, that need to be told. And story yeah. that definitely needs to be told because every time we see slave movies, there's complaints because it's always us locked up in shackles and you don't really see anybody fighting back. But people did fight back and it wasn't always with words and peacefully like the Dr. Martin Luther King method. People had guns. People were like, I'm going to die and I'm going to kill and take you with me. So, you know, Nate Parker comes out with this movie and then it also comes out that 17 years ago he raped well he was accused of raping a college girl um, while they were at Penn State he was about 19 years old and him and his roommate supposedly raped her now this girl she went to trial and she said that she was intoxicated she was unconscious and then afterward um, she actually committed suicide in 2012 because you know Nate Parker was acquitted the, his roommate was supposed to do six months in jail, but he was also let go after a retrial. So she committed suicide. And now there's this huge controversy. And it's so, I mean, it's so complicated and nuanced. And I was telling Alyssa and Stanley this oh, oh, during our phone call on Thursday that when it comes to rape cases, like the, the one Alyssa just mentioned and Brock Turner, I'm infuriated. And I'm like, this is wrong. But with Nate Parker, I feel that me and a number of other people are kind of like, like conflicted because it's like i want to support this movie we need to see this movie but i mean these allegations are really really disturbing to say the least and then i actually read a great piece by goldie taylor she is the editor-in-chief at daily beast she's a woman of color and in her piece she says you know what i'm a survivor of sexual assault I know what it's like to be molested and raped. And I I sympathize with that girl, but I'm going to go see this movie. And she explains it so well. And I was and she doesn't excuse Nate at any point, but she says this is a story that needs to be told. I mean, I just want to, like, put something out there. And this may not be a popular opinion, but he was he was tried. Right. And he was acquitted. That means he was found not guilty. Now. Are people found not guilty when they are actually guilty? Yes. And as we know, very often people are found guilty when they are, in fact, not guilty. And so I ask you the question, would you rather somebody be found not guilty, found guilty for something that they did not do and sentenced to go to jail for the next 30 or 40 years? Potentially, obviously, because, you know, um, unless you're white and going to college, that's what you're going to get a 30 to 40 year jail sentence. Would you rather somebody who's innocent going to jail for a rape for 30 or 40 
40 years? Or do would you rather somebody who you think may... I mean, we don't know that. I mean, he got acquitted, right? And so, like, it's... Yes, I understand where there's this comparison like to Brock Turner and to this other case and why you're mad about it. But here's the thing. Both of those gentlemen were actually found guilty. And the issue is that they're not being sentenced to a strict enough sentence, right? So you're mad that they've actually been found guilty of this crime and yet a judge is not sending them away for a long time. In the Nate Parker situation, he was acquitted. So... You know, it's not they're not analogous situations in in my mind. You know, like they, they, there's there's really no comparison because if you were saying like, oh, well, Nate Parker got convicted of the rape and he got sentenced to 30 years in prison, whereas a white man only went to jail for not at all because he went to college. Then I could see being annoyed about the institutionalized racism. And that's something we should be annoyed about. Right. But that's the thing about this is like this man was acquitted. I mean, and obviously I'm biased as a criminal defense attorney where, you know, I'm always of the opinion that it's better for one, you know, 10 guilty men to go free than one innocent man to be wrongfully imprisoned. But at the same time, it's like we don't really know the facts. And I'm not going to say maybe he did it, maybe he didn't. But what I will say is he was tried in front of a jury of his peers and a court of law. He was found not guilty. So, like, at that point, I understand from the woman's point of view how it could be very disheartening. But at the same time, I don't think that should take away from people going to see a really important movie. Um, especially, so you would see the movie? I would see the movie. As Selena said, I think it's a story that definitely needs to be told, and it looks very interesting, especially because the original Birth of a Nation was a, a clan apologist film. Uh, I'm very happy to see that uh, uh, the the story of Nat Turner is taking over that title because that's that's something that needed to be happen. Uh, as for the allegations against Nate Parker. As you also said, they are disturbing and nuanced, and the only person that's going to have a chance of dealing with all of this in any sort of a way is Nate Parker. He's going to have to be the one that gets in front of this. There is no one else that can do it besides him. He's going to have to get up, and he's going to have to talk about it, and he's going to have to acknowledge that, uh, you that know, this is... I'm glad you said that because that was a, another reason why people were so upset because when he initially started talking about it, he was it was almost dismissive and self-centered. That's but, a long way to yeah, go. Yeah, definitely. But just yesterday, he released a statement. Uh, I think he did an interview with Ebony Magazine, and he talked about how his attitude um, definitely played into male culture, what he called it, uh, homophobia, sexism, misogyny. And he said that, you know, he said, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to maintain my innocence. But as what he says, a man of faith, I never should have even been in that situation. Okay. And I now understand how being being a man has so much privilege over it. I mean, that's if you, exactly what he needs to say. That's what, and, and he's, he's going to need yeah. to keep saying it. Keep saying that because that's the attitude. I mean, I also think he should donate to some, maybe some um, rape rape survivors Absolutely. that would help. Uh, maybe some domestic survivors as well. Show that you're really sincere. Show that you know this woman committed suicide. And yeah. A life was taken. I'm concerned about that, and I'm also concerned about the fact that I think only about three percent of rapists ever spend time in jail. Yeah. That's an epidemic in our country, and I think Nate Parker should use his platform to contribute and help this epidemic. And that will in turn help the film. I agree with that. I, I think right. that's a fair 100, point. 100%. And, uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, um, guys, again, if you want to chime in, you can call us up at 212-650-6903. I know another story we wanted to talk about during the news roundup was Syria. Right. Um, Alyssa, did you want to... 
Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of things going on in Syria that are beyond my knowledge and ability to explain to you about foreign policy because they're just really complicated. Um, Turkey has now uh, sent troops, uh, ground troops over the border, from what I understand. There's some issues going on with the Kurds as well because, famously, Turkey and the Kurds have not always gotten along. Mm-hmm. Um, the John Kerry has been speaking with his Russian counterpart to try and negotiate something with the Russian government because uh, if you're not not aware the Russian government um, has backed Assad and yep. and the Syrian regime. Iran's um, right there. In the uh, middle of and it. and so there's a lot of different things going on. There's been a battle to try and take back the city of Aleppo. There's been widespread fighting and and bloodshed. And in all of this, the refugee crisis continues. And that was the one thing I really wanted to focus on. So there was an article in the New York Times this week uh, written by Nicholas Kristof and it was about how this, uh, the Syrian uh, Anne Frank is a Syrian girl and she talked about how in the early 2000s a woman working at the Holocaust Museum or the Holocaust um, some kind of Holocaust uh, uh, place uh, that did sort of work and research was digging through files of, of res- refugee applications that were sent to the United States and she came across the Otto Frank file and if you don't know who Otto Frank is that's Anne Frank's father and Otto Frank apparently wrote many, many letters trying to get visas, and he was getting, they were hiding out in an annex in Amsterdam, and he was getting increasingly frustrated. And what a lot of people don't realize is at the time, there was very anti Jewish sentiment, even here in the United States, to the point where people did not want to take in Jewish refugees because they yeah. falsely claimed that they were bringing diseases how, how, how or that, that. How did that work out? Right. Uh, or, let's not make that mistake again. Right. You know, that they were bringing diseases or that they were going to come over here and take jobs or that they were terrorists. And, like, you know, he, he wrote, sounds familiar, right? And these are the same things that we're hearing today. So I just, I thought the article was really important. I recommend that everybody go out and read it for themselves. But I also, if you don't have the time to read it, I just want to make it known that if, you know, if you are one of the people that have understood the history of World War II and the Holocaust and made it sort of your business, or at least just said in passing, like, I want to make sure that something like that never happens again, you can't also be like, screw these refugees, you know? Yeah, like speaking, you, speaking as an immigrant... Uh, as a World War II historian and as a, a parent, the whole thing horrifies me. Um, I, I can't even imagine. Like, the, the picture still haunts me from last year of the dead boy that washed mm. up on the beach. Yep. I, that's burned into my brain. I can't get out of it because I see my son mm. there like that. What if my, like, I wrote a, a piece for Quiet Mike a couple years ago called What If My Child Was a Refugee? And I was speaking about the Central American refugees, but that still applies to the Syrians. Um, what We cannot call ourselves a good people if we're going to turn these people away. And definitely a not a Christian mine, people. Exactly. And a friend of mine wrote this post that was absolutely horrifying, and he talked about if... Let's imagine you're in New York City and all of a sudden everything's blowing up and you got to grab your families and go and like everyone you know is dead. Your parents are dead. All your friends have been killed. You are you are walking to Canada and you're walking through Boston and it's bombed out too. And one of your child one your children are now sick because you've been exposed to the elements for months and you get to Canada and they won't let you into Canada because some guy shot up a church in Charleston and they're afraid you might do it too. And then your family dies. I would spend the rest of my life as an enemy and a vociferous and and just I would spend the rest of my life making that country miserable. I would be an enemy of the state. And this is what we will create if we do not help these people. And this is what Donald Trump is fanning the flames of. No, that's a great point, Chad. And I think that that helps people to 
you know, that resonates with people because a lot of people think of like Syria and the Middle East and refugees what if that was as your the child? other. But yeah, when you put it like that, that could easily, you know, we can easily empathize with a story like that. And I just wanted to add on that the Syrian civil war has been one of the bloodiest in yeah. all time history. And the thing is, if you think of, you know, you mentioned, you know, civil, you know, being a historian of war, if you think of civil war, they usually come to an end after a time, right? After one side loses resources or energy or support but because we have so many other countries including the u.s including turkey including you know iran they're fueling these two sides yeah. and giving them more supplies more guns more weaponry and as a result instead of this civil war just coming to an end on its own natural terms it keeps going they so we're all fueling it. it it's been yes. turned into a proxy war essentially. thank you yeah so it's horrible and at the end of the day people are dying and it brings us to the question of where's our humanity well, Absolutely. I mean, then you have the ignorant people going, well, send them back where they came from. There's nowhere to go to. <laughs> That's why they're refugees. Exactly. You look at the picture of like Homs, like how it was even in 2010 and then how it is now. And it's it's like the picture of a vibrant city. And then it's the picture of a complete wasteland. There is nowhere for these people to go. They are eating rotten bread that they find in the garbage. It's horrible. So before we go to break, I want to talk about one more other horrible thing, um, and that's Governor Paul LePage of Maine. <laughs> but before I get there, um, because Governor LePage is is, a, oh, yeah. is also a racist, oh, um, I just wanted to make it known that today is the anniversary of Emmett Till's death. That was on August 28th. Uh, 1955, which is 61 years ago, if I have my math correct. Um, and we are still fighting the civil rights movement to this day, and yeah. especially now through the Black Lives Matter movement. And of course, there's one person who apparently doesn't think that Black Lives Matter, uh, among many, and that person happens to be the governor of Maine, and his name is Paula Page. Oh. And um, he says extremely racist things. And, and uh, wants you to prove he's a racist. And then he, <laughs> and then he leaves you voicemails calling you words that I can't cannot say on this radio program um, and telling you to prove that he's a racist and um, and that the world's um, like okay and even though we have, we have footage of him talking about D money and shifty and smoothie <laughs> and how they're coming and impregnating the white women oh li he literally said that yeah, yeah. oh yeah That's, wow uh, yeah yeah he keeps me he keeps making headlines for doing exactly that and they finally got him he and, is, well, and, and, wait, and he's still the governor. He's not going. He's anywhere. still the governor. And actually, speaking of him still being the governor, he famously went on a radio program and said, "If enough people in the state write me letters asking me to resign, I will resign." So <laughs> the, ra like two the ra days. wait, the Rachel Maddow show did a Freedom of Information Act request, and they found <laughs> out that the governor's office has apparently received like over two hundred thousand letters or something from people in the state telling yeah. him to resign. His this worst, his worst enemy right now is Stephen King. Stephen wow. King, the famous horror author, is basically just been like hitting him with a virtual baseball bat over and over and over again. But apparently yeah. he was mad about being called Stephen a racist King. or yeah. even implied being a racist so he left this other legislature a very, very dirty voicemail telling him oh, that yeah. he was numerous different words that we can't say on the radio. And yeah. and to, he wished it was 1825 so they could have a duel and he would put his gun between his eyes. Are you serious? And yep. then he said make this public please. And, then and said, he said I know duels are illegal yeah. in Maine but I still want to shoot then, you in and the face. And then and finished it with thank you. You know, that reminds me. Wow. Of, it reminds me of the duel scene in yes, Roots, that's what where I, he's yeah, like, yeah. "You will not insult me in this bar. We have to do the civilized thing and have a duel." And then they cut to the duel scene, and he's like, 
And first you will shoot at each other. And then if you do not kill each other, you will run at each other with swords and stab each other to death. But that's civilized. Wow. Yeah, it's time for that man to resign, you think? Um, He's going to have to be impeached. We're calling for your resignation. Right now. Right now. Right now. All right, guys. On that note, we have to take another commercial break. But don't go anywhere. When we come back to Let Your Voice Be Heard, we'll be talking about the congressional races and that Trump effect and how it's affecting Republicans in the House and in the Senate. So don't go anywhere. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Eyes behind shades. This next is the reason all of my days been blind days. But today I got my barrowist girl with me. I'm mashing the gas, she's grabbing the wheel. It's trippy, a hard she rides with me. The new Bobby and Whitney. Only time we don't speak is doing sex in the city. She gets carry fever, but soon as